as the numbers of people testing positive for coronavirus rise globally and in Australia. Social distancing, hand washing and avoiding large gatherings are all precautions which are being recommended. But if you're in a rural, remote or regional area, should you be as concerned? And is there anything you can do to protect yourself or your loved ones? I'm Edwina Stott and this is the RFDS Queensland Section podcast. Before we get started, just a reminder that this podcast is intended for general information only and is not intended to replace professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment. If you have any concerns, consult your local GP or health professional. Katie Clift is the head medical consultant for the RFDS Queensland section. Today, she's joining us on the podcast to give us some helpful information around COVID-19 and what you should be doing if you're living or working in a remote, rural or regional area. Okay, so I don't think anybody should be panicking about COVID-19, which is the disease caused by the novel coronavirus. But I do think we should all be taking it seriously even if you live in a remote area so you feel that you're less at risk. The big difference between COVID-19 and an influenza-type illness, which in some ways it's similar to because of the symptoms, is that this is a novel virus, which means that nobody in the community has got any immunity to it. So it's very infectious, it will spread very quickly, and everybody can can be infected with it. Nobody has previously been exposed to it and is therefore immune. What that means is that it spreads very quickly and we can get large numbers of cases at the same time, which can both overwhelm the healthcare systems, but also cause huge disruption to, to businesses and to society in general. We have seen some people saying that this is no worse than the flu and really it's, you know, they shouldn't be too concerned. Is that correct? So on an individual level, most people will get a very mild illness um, that could be described as flu-like. So for most people that are otherwise well, the actual illness is not something to be overly concerned about. What's more of an issue is the fact that it is so infectious and that lots of people will get it at the same time and a small number of people will get a more severe version of it. So what precautions should people be taking if they are in these regional remote areas? So the main message that I hope is being consistently spread about this is that we should be washing our hands frequently. The reason for that is that the virus is spread in as respiratory droplets. That means the fluid that comes from the mouth or the nose. If you sneeze or you cough um, and those droplets fall onto a surface, the virus can live on a hard surface for up to 48 hours, which is a, which is a long time for a virus. Somebody else comes along, touches that surface, and then with contaminated hands, touches their eyes, nose or mouth. That's how the virus spreads. So your absolute best defence is to frequently wash your hands so that your hands are clean. And when you touch your face, which we all do constantly, really, and particularly before you eat, if you've got clean hands, you won't be giving yourself the virus. The other key message around controlling spread is the, the message around social isolation. So for people that live in remote areas, in some ways, they are isolated by geography. So until the virus is in their community, they are safe from it. 
but it then can spread very quickly amongst a group of people who live in close proximity. And what about if you can't access soap and water, if you're out very remotely, if you're working, would hand sanitizer work as well? Absolutely. Hand sanitizer does the same thing. Soap and water hand sanitizer doesn't have to be anything stronger or more disinfectant than that. It's it's lipid soluble, the virus, so soap will just wash it or the alcohol hand rubs all work. In the cities, we're hearing a lot about this social distancing, the idea of keeping 1.5 metres away from each other. Obviously, in the country, that's not going to be too much of a concern. But should people who are in these areas keep that in mind? I think if there's any suggestion that anybody in a a remote community, a station, in a property has been exposed, if they've been into town, if they've had visitors from town, that you should, you know, use those same measures. So people should just stay a little bit further away from each other than they would normally, try and uh, limit hand-to-hand contact, hugging, kissing with someone that's potentially been exposed to the virus because those are ways in, in which you can spread it amongst yourselves. So if people are noticing symptoms, they're feeling unwell, what should they do? Okay, so the symptoms most commonly experienced with this virus are respiratory symptoms, mainly including a cough and a fever or a temperature. And 80% of people will just have a mild illness with this that they can manage perfectly well at home. The illness does last quite a long time, so it shouldn't be a a huge concern if it goes on for a couple of weeks. The average length of this illness is 20 days. It peaks at about day eight, which I think is useful information, particularly if you live in a remote area, because if you've not become exceptionally unwell by day eight, you're probably going to just follow that course and gradually improve. There are a small number of people that will get a much more severe illness and most of those people will be people with other illnesses in the background, whether that's heart disease or lung disease or people that are on medications for other conditions who may get a more severe version of this and they obviously need to to be much more cautious. The symptom that I think would cause most concern is breathlessness. And if you started to feel breathless alongside those symptoms of fever and cough, that's when you should make some calls and and take some advice about where you should go or or what help you need to get. And are there certain groups of people that we should be keeping more of an eye on, Katie, or perhaps should be more aware? Absolutely. The elderly population are far more vulnerable to this. As I mentioned before, people on other medications, for example, somebody that was immunocompromised because of a previous organ transplant or somebody receiving chemotherapy for a cancer would be far more at risk from this and they should take extra measures to maintain social isolation and that hand washing. And in terms of if you do have the virus, if you have an RFDS medical chest or you can access a pharmacy, are there certain medications that you can take So there's no specific treatment for the virus. There's no antivirals that have been looked at yet that will shorten the course of the illness or make it less severe. So it's really symptom treatment in the way you would treat another cold or flu. Keeping fluids going, resting, paracetamol. And if you've got an RFDS 
medical chest, the paracetamol within that chest would be suitable or another stock of paracetamol. Any other medications that you felt you needed to take would be discussed over telehealth as you would do normally. But there's no specific treatment for this disease. And if people want more information, if they want to stay up to date and they are concerned, where should they look? So there is a Queensland Health uh, website with a page specifically dedicated to this disease and it's very important that if people have questions or concerns that they use that portal of information because it's updated frequently. The information that's becoming available about this virus is changing rapidly. The advice is changing rapidly because the situation is changing. So it's really important that people get the most up-to-date advice and information rather than listen to some advice and then continue to do the same thing for a number of days or weeks because the information becoming available to the health professionals is changing rapidly and the advice is following that. That's Katie Clift, RFDS Queensland Section Head Medical Consultant. You can find a link to the website that Katie was referring to on the podcast description and also on the RFDS Facebook page. This was the RFDS Queensland Section podcast. I'm Edwina Stock.